Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcasts at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at eric, E-R-I-K, dot Anderson at nllutheran.com. Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast. This is Pastor Eric. Thank you all for listening today. Today we have uh, two very special guests with us on our podcast. We are entering into our new um, new segment in our podcast, which we're looking at the chair. And over the past, uh, pretty much all of 2019, we've explored um, the strategy of New Life Lutheran Church, which has been uh, to see transformed hearts, transformed lives, transformed community, and transformed world uh, by utilizing the row, the table, and the chair. The row is our large group gathering. Uh, that is our Saturday night and Sunday morning divine services, our worship services. Then we uh, we spent many, many weeks talking about the row. Then we t- spent many weeks talking about the table, which is our small groups, our life groups. And now we're moving into the chair. And the chair is a segment of our strategy that includes personal devotions and family devotions. So over the next several weeks, we're going to hear from uh, several families about how they set up their family devotions, how they uh, grew uh, Christians in their home, and uh, give you guys some practical tips and just hear from people who are on the ground who have done it um, and are continuing to do it now. So with me, I have Dan and Liz Coster. Thank you guys for joining me today. Good morning. Good morning. So um, the first question that I uh, have for you guys when it comes to your family, just tell us about your family. Well, we, uh, we have a, a grown family and uh, quite a number of grandkids. So our, our kids uh, are scattered around. Uh, two, two of our kids are here in Sterling, which is uh, Ted and his wife, Tricia, and they farm with us. And then we have uh, Kurt and Amy Downs. She uh, is uh, assistant principal at uh, the high school and Kurt works for Rabobank. And then our oldest daughter is in Germany with five grandkids, and she's married to David Martin, and they pastor a international church in Cologne, Germany, and also do church planning. So we're well-blessed with uh, a lot of grandkids. Uh, there's how many? I lost track, Liz. It's, it's a baker's dozen. We have 13, including our step-grandchildren, the Downs children. Wonderful. So you've you raised uh, three kids, um, and where did you guys raise them? What what did you do while they were um, in your home growing up? Um, what are their what were their personalities like? I mean, three. You move from man to man to zone defense when you're parenting three. So, what were the dynamics growing up with three three little ones? What were you guys doing, and and what were they like? We had um, we had a lot of pets. I always said if we're going to live on a farm, they can have whatever they want. And Dan liked to refer to himself as Old McDonald because we had goats, lambs, chickens, uh, cats, dogs, and horses. Uh, we had it all, and so it was a busy it was a busy place. And when the girls were fighting, like cats and dogs do, uh, they got sent out to take care of their horses or do the chores or or whatever. Yeah, they they there was a lot of work incorporated in their world. Yeah, they said it wasn't fair. <laughs> their friends didn't have to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, while your kids were growing up, um, what kind of uh, you guys were both Christians by the time you guys started having kids. So what was it like? Uh, how did you incorporate your faith into your family life? Uh, what kind of activities did you do with your kids to help instill in them uh, the faith? So the, the the first thing, of course, is uh, we attended church every Sunday and the family attended together. It wasn't an option to stay home. And um, that was the just normal requirement that we did every Sunday. And then after that, uh, uh the normal church life of Lutherans, uh, catechism for the kids, and, and uh, youth group, and different uh, camps that we sent to. I would say also that I was the main tucker inner at night, mm-hmm. and uh, th- that was our prayer time together. We always had family prayer at meals and holidays, of course. But um, at night, we, we talked about things and prayed about things. Uh, Pastor Grombach set us a good example through their Sunday school and catechism life of doing highs and lows together. So that was a good sharing time for us. We, we were always pretty honest. I remember one very funny example. We had to do a, a, a confirmation activity as a family and we went bowling, and they had to write a report about it. Well, ours was a very competitive family, and Ted ended up walking home from that event, and everybody was screaming, fighting with each other at the at the bowling alley. So we wrote the report exactly what happened. It was not the family event they anticipated in confirmation class. I think it was a normal event. I think so, too. <laughs> So what were some of the, um, you mentioned that you, you did confirmation. So in confirmation, uh, usually kids learn the small catechism, which is the Ten Commandments, the creed, um, the sacraments, the Lord's Prayer, those sorts of things. So did you, um, did you incorporate those things into the life of your family? Not as much as I, I see now we should have. Mm. That, that would be one of my regrets personally that we didn't incorporate God into every activity of their life. We didn't pray before their activities, those kinds of things. They knew the basics, and unfortunately, I guess we thought church should do the rest, and, mm. and we now know that that has to begin in the home, and we, we really fell short on that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now we're uh, grandparents, and we uh, maybe have a second chance at grandkids. Mm. So as uh, I always say that, well, oh, I could do it, way better the second time. And so we're intentionally uh, talking more, <laughs> you know, to the grandkids about daily life, Christian life, and things that are going to happen in life to them. Their and how sexuality, their- mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things that are important to talk about that are hard. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, actually this past couple weeks, I don't want to call it a program, but something we plan to do with every grandkid is called a teen-cation where the first week we, we take the grandkid on a vacation, two-week vacation, uh, just with them and us, and we intentionally, uh, the first week, they get to choose where they want to go other than Disneyland. <laughs> and the second week, then we take them where they think they need to have uh, meaningful education, and we talk about uh, uh talk about things in life and things that may happen to them and prepare them for uh, 
stepping up in the world. It's kind of like stepping into adulthood. Adulthood is right. what it is. Our, on this trip with Emma, at one point her head was buried in the blankets that she didn't think she should be talking about these things with her grandparents. Mm. So, so we had some personal conversation, and it was good for all of us. Yeah, that was the sex talk. She says, I don't want to hear this from my grandparents with their head under the blanket. So why is it, um, why do you think it's so important that we, you know, you mentioned maybe um, looking back, something that you would have changed is is doing more integration of your faith with your family life. Why, why is that, you know, now kind of on the, with grandkids and looking back on your, your uh, parenting, why do you think it's so important to do that work of integrating your faith into your family life? So uh, I would say as, you know, you mature in your faith and, and uh, as a parent, you're much younger and you're thinking about other things. So as life goes about, you're thinking about discipline on your kids and, and education and, and sports and maybe not uh, realizing the importance of faith, which uh, we realize that it's more important. As I was saying, we tell Amy, "What's the most important thing you can teach your kids is is uh, a legacy of of faith in Jesus. It's not how well you do in the last basketball game mm. that doesn't last." Mm-hmm. And um, and you guys are actually uh, part of this. Looking back, you guys are actually. We're starting here in a few weeks. Um, a couple of weeks after this podcast will be uh, uh, published, we're starting a new uh, life group system, life group uh, group of life groups um, here at New Life that are all about parenting. And so you guys are um, helping spearhead that, um, and we're using um, a great curriculum that I'll let you guys uh, talk about. And we're going to be organizing several life groups of parents to help with this exact thing. So Dan, can you just um, give us uh, maybe a couple sentences about what we're starting here in the next few weeks. Yeah, uh, we want everybody to come to uh, uh, what we uh, are starting is a uh, a showing of like arrows. And it's a story about a family that uh, starts out with their family life and going to church and they get to rough times in their, in their marriage and with their kids and, and they just step up their their. Uh, Their faith walk. Faith walk is what uh, what you would say, and and that goes all the way through to the end of their life, to their anniversary, and and they have a prodigal son, and and that's the kickoff to what uh, we want to uh, lead into a life group is and uh, get people to invest in uh, a parenting class. It's called the art of parenting, and it's an eight eight week course uh, that. Uh, uh, is uh, be a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, parents uh, that are good parents uh, can be better parents. So we invite everybody to come to that. And I'd like to add that um, one of my favorite things to read is that if you're not in a crisis, you're coming out of one, or you're heading into one. And with children, we all know that's very true. And this can help with that. One of the big touch tones with family life today is that you don't have to go it alone. And that's what this class is about. We're all in it together from the grandparent level to the parents to even uh, anyone who's involved in the life of a child. So we all are. We're all investing in those lives and hopefully raising Christians that will all be together in eternal life. 
Very good. And I, and I know that for myself being a, a young parent um, with, with two, with a toddler and a, and a baby, I know that hearing from, from folks like you that have parented and, and have really done a good job, did, did what you could. And, and now are looking back and saying, Oh, well, you know, we could have done this differently or we could have done that better. Um, I know that one of my goals is I don't, I don't want to feel that, you know, I don't want to have to do that. And so as much wisdom as I can glean from people, you know, like you that have gone through it already, um, that's, that's something that's really important to me. So for these, these, um, art of parenting groups, um, that's really what it's for. They're going to be people like you guys that have grandkids, you know, uh, that have adult children with children of their own all the way to brand new parents or soon to be parents or, or people who are even thinking about being parents. Um, it'll be people from all walks of life and that will actually make us all better. We'll all be better because, um, we can share experiences. The, the people who have, um, more experience can say, Hey, this is, I would like to do this different, or I wish I could have done that. People who are brand new to it say, well, this is what we're facing in the workplace, or this is what we're seeing in the school systems. And it's actually makes us all better when we walk together in something like parenting. And, and I think that there's, um, a lot of stigma around it that you feel like everyone feels like they're a failed parent. You know, I don't think anybody feels like they're getting it right. Um, and so we want to kind of take that stigma away and just really help each other, help each other do better. And so it's going to be a great, um, great program that we're doing. We're starting it on September 25th with a showing of the movie Like Arrows. Um, so be on the lookout for that over the next couple of weeks um, and information regarding that. So Dan and Liz, as we kind of close our time um, together, I the last question I want to ask you guys is now um, looking looking back, what are some tips that you would give uh, young families as they are starting to have kids or raising young kids? What are some tips that you would give to young families? Well, for myself, Pastor Eric, I would say that through our growing up years with our children, we we mistakenly thought that um, sports and, and good education and good grades made a good child. Mm. And, and now we know that that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is relationship with our living Lord, Jesus Christ. And we see that we can't invest enough in the kids of today to refocus that. And not that those things at school and sports aren't important. We, all, we want to build them up in all ways. But the number one thing is that relationship with Christ. Uh, what comes to mind for me is that in your marriage and in in raising kids, that they're not, if you're going to have rough times, it's just when the rough times will be. And, uh, you know, the, the art of parenting will, will help prepare for those rough times and, and smooth things out. And that to know that there's older parents that uh, you could go to to just talk about it. So we hope that that's... Uh, uh, we'll get people uh, interested and, and involved in this. All right. Thank you guys for your time. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, this is Pastor Eric, and I'm here in my office with another couple from our uh, parish here at New Life Lutheran Church. I have with me uh, Lori and Stacy Shipman. And over the last um, several weeks, we've been looking at um, 
our, our new life strategy, which we started with uh, the the row, which is our big worship gathering, our divine service, as we say in the Lutheran context. And then we spent some time looking at what we call the table, which is small groups, life groups, um, and why it's important to be in smaller community with other believers. And now we're talking about the chair, which is the third part of our strategy. And this includes personal devotions, family devotions, um, how we grow and read scripture um, in, in, as individuals and as families. So part of that is having um, some folks from our church come in and just talk about their kids and talk about how they um, raise their kids as Christians, um, because we do believe as Lutherans that when you're baptized, um, you are a Christian. So when you're even if you're baptized as an infant, you are a Christian, you are filled with the spirit. And so um, most of the time we're in the business of raising Christians, not trying to raise humans that we hope become believers. We're raising Christians. And so uh, we, we've been asking some of our folks about what it means to raise Christians um, and what they did uh, as families um, for their devotional activities and prayers and some of those things. So um, I want to welcome uh, Lori and Stacy. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, I'll do that for you. Um, myself, uh, I've grown up in the church, you know, from a young child. Um, had, you know, my mother and father and one sister. My family, my immediate family now, of course, is, you know, my wife, Lori, and then son, Blake, who's 23, and daughter, Brittany, who is 17. Uh, Brittany's going to be graduating high school after this year. She's a senior, and she'll be going on to Wartburg College in Waverly, Iowa. Uh, Blake graduated from Wartburg College in Waverly, Iowa, and he is now attending Wartburg Seminary in Dubuque, Iowa, and he also serves uh, St. Matthew Lutheran Church as their pastor in Galena, Illinois, as well. Yeah, and, and I've known you guys for now a year. And you're very proud of your kids and and who they are and who they're becoming. And uh, I don't blame you. You have you have great great children um, who are are great Christians. So you mentioned that you you just went to church every week because that's what you did as a family. We both grew up Lutheran, and we you know worshipped every Sunday with our families. And then when we got married, um, I grew up in a church in Rock Falls, and Stacy grew up in a church in Sterling, and. We just made the decision that we would join his church in Sterling for whatever reason. And I don't know, church was always just something that we did as families. And so on Sunday, we all went to church with our family, and that was kind of our social. Church was more routine. I don't know. We didn't know anything but because our parents took us to church. What other things did you do as a family in your devotional time, or how did you integrate your faith into your family? We have a pretty simple, I mean, back in the day, church was, we went on Wednesdays night, Wednesday nights to youth group, and those are still some of my dearest friends. Um, I grew up with a single mom, and she, we had three kids in our family, so church was kind of... Um, I don't know, our safe haven, you know, and, and our church family was our extended family, and they kind of embraced us, and we just didn't know any different. You know, Wednesday nights and Sundays were church and family time. So we just raised our kids. We always said prayers at night. You know, as we're raising them up, we would uh, a lot of times just place them into the Lord's hands. You know, we would, we would talk about that between Lori and I, you know, at night when we go to bed, said, you know, we would show them right from wrong, but as they grew and got out on, you know, into the world a little more themselves through school and just to equip them with what is correct from a Christian point of view and what is incorrect and how to discern and make those decisions. Um, truly, I mean, you know, this credit all has to go back to the Father because mm -hmm. it's, you Definitely. Know. We have a simple faith upbringing, however, it's been the foundation. And I would say that 
I went to church and I always believed as a child, but it wasn't until our older years when we went through trials that we realized that our faith was our foundation and it was the calm in the storm. So we, yeah, we, we, we don't take the credit. Our kids are very different. As you know, you've, you know, our Brit sings in the praise band and that was something that we never saw coming Mm -hmm. because she's more of our introverted child Mm -hmm. you know she loves the lord but she's a free spirit where Mm -hmm. blake is different he's very historical and and grounded in um what he reads and knows about the lutheran religion Mm -hmm. so it's fun to watch them grow as very different christians i guess you would say they both believe and but they maybe just live differently live their faith life differently but yeah i don't we can't we can't take all of the credit definitely definitely not definitely not and you can look at the two of them and especially now as brit is maturing and getting older she can look at blake and say i don't look at things the same way you do or go about things the same way you do but i can appreciate that and blake's kind of the same you know looking at brit the same way because blake as a kid was always very structured very black and white Mm -hmm. If you don't agree with this or that, and I do, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he's evolved as well and matured to kind of be able to do the same, and you know, with his sister. Mm-hmm. Also, I think our parents—they're again—they all went to church. They were raised in the church, and until um, Stacy's mother was um, at the end of her life, we didn't realize. I mean, we knew she went to church and believed, but we didn't realize how strong that belief mm-hmm. was until her last days. And then my mom just went through a health scare and and she just some statements that she made and it you know, it wasn't medicine that got her through. It was, you know, the love of our church family and the prayers, definitely. So it, seeing that I think even made us stronger because we knew where we came from, even though it wasn't maybe known or talked about, we realized the foundation that our parents had and that I don't know, makes us stronger because of it. And that was one thing I wanted to make sure we passed along to our kids was, like I said, I grew up in a household that was, my parents both loved me. I mean, I knew that, but it was very, if you didn't discuss things, then maybe it wasn't going on. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. brush it under the rug type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just wish, if back when I was our kids' age now, I, I wish my faith would have been half as, just half as strong as theirs and lived out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm outwardly mm-hmm. um that's one thing we we just cherish in those two kids is they're not afraid to put their faith out there awesome. and they're not going to hide it because of what society says or does and i just wish when i was that age i'd, I'd have been that bold mm-hmm. one of our folks here at new life said this to me several months ago she was going through something i can't remember what some kind of sickness or something like that and i you know it's just like oh i'm so sorry that's happening and she goes um, yeah, it's okay. Sometimes your faith needs to be lived in a while before it gets teeth. And it sounds like <laughs> that's kind of what you you guys have experienced, um, right. is that you've realized that that lived-in faith is really what what gives it teeth. And I, yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you know, with your, with your two kids being so different, um, and they really are, like, they are so different. They are totally, like, opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. And um, that that you had to you obviously had to kind of change how you approached them. So can you talk to us um, as you were trying to raise them uh, to have their faith be their foundation? Mm-hmm. The faith, mm-hmm. you know, when they when one would act out a certain way, how did you kind of redirect their behavior? How did you because that you kind of hinted at that, Stacy? You you said we had to learn how to how to help 
get them, point them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of tease, talk a little bit more, maybe if you can remember some examples of what that was like, or just keep, uh, give us more insight into how you guys kind of handled that your kids being so different personalities, mm-hmm. how they acted out, how they behaved mm-hmm. and how you kind of redirected them, um, in a, in a good Christian way. I guess from, you know, when the, when each one was kind of in those formative middle school into high school type years, um, Blake, was always kind of uh, wise beyond his years. Um, so, and he was more of a traditional, historical Lutheran worshiper. That's what that's what he wanted, the old hymns, the organ. The, and so as he grew, we, you know, that's the service that we always attended. Mm-hmm. Now, as he got beyond those years and Britt started coming into those years, she's more of a contemporary second service as we have here at new life uh, that type of worshiper so we made the switch mm-hmm. you know we started attending second service which we absolutely love mm-hmm. um and just to gear that towards her to keep her engaged mm-hmm. to keep her kind of plugged in um as far as you know kind of directing them one way or another we would uh they would come home from school at times and maybe have an issue with a kid that you know, whatever came up and they, you know, they would be angry at the kid or they would just, you know, and we would have to kind of sit them down and say, okay, but you got to look at that person's story. You don't know that person's whole story. Even though they made you angry and they did something to you, you've still got to love them. And pray for them. That's what I used to tell Britt. You know, Mm -hmm. people that you dislike or maybe don't like what they have done to you, we just, those people need prayer. We all need prayer every day, all day. Mm But yeah, or when you're afraid or don't know about something, pray about it. That always kind of brings a calm to the situation. And we, I'm going to be honest, we don't always pray together as a family as routinely as we should, but we're, I would say we're a very prayerful family. So maybe just more introspective. I don't know. I know Britt is, you know, does devotions and reads her Bible a lot, but I'll be honest, we, that's not something we attend church and church activities, but Like I said, we give credit to God because that's who really Mm. has held our kids through Mm -hmm. all of their years. Mm. And we are not perfect by any means, you know. I mean, it's so funny. I can remember sitting in church, and I'm fortunate because our church is made up of of the two churches that Stacey and I grew up in. So. I'm I'm a little partial to a lot of these people because I've known them since they were our age and I thought they were old then. But you know, I watched their families grow up and you know, there is just because you go to church doesn't mean you're the perfect Christian family. I mean, we are far from that and anyone that knows us knows we're real and you know, but, but we're still working at it. Yes, at, we're a work in progress. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's that's a both both your kids are really great. I have I have great much fondness for both Blake mm-hmm. and Brittany. Um and I was talking to a friend of mine, one of our professors, and we'll actually have him and his wife had a, had a conversation with me about family devotions too. And he said something that was really good before we recorded um, where he said, uh, sometimes people who have really solid foundation of faith and train their kids well, their kids aren't necessarily faithful when they get older. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a good caveat. You know, you guys said, hey, it's not us, it's the Lord. And and so sometimes, you know, you can do what looks like all the right things. And sometimes your mm-hmm. kid still doesn't, um, doesn't, isn't as faithful as you would hoped. And sometimes maybe you don't check all the boxes that you're looking back and you're thinking, oh, maybe we should have done that. Mm-hmm. But then your kids turn out really great. So that's an important dynamic, I think, to 
because um, it's easy to feel guilty, doesn't it? Oh, about, definitely. About definitely. raising your kids. So uh, maybe that's a good thing for our listeners to, to hear. Well, and I think even going to youth group and church and Bible school, and I enjoyed it. So it was more social. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that that was really laying the foundation growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Mm-hmm. We just we did it because it was what Lutherans did, you yeah. know. You went to catechism, we used to call it, and mm-hmm. well, we tried to instill in them when they were younger as well, growing up through the church, that it's important to give of your time as well at church, mm-hmm. volunteer for mm-hmm. different positions, mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. different things. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a you know very good way to serve the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, other than you know outside of the church what yeah, you do, you know. Absolutely. And Blake's really learning that having his own parish, that those mm-hmm. people are are. You know, the foundation, and yeah. but it's nice to have everyone be a part mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So, looking back, um, you both your kids, like I said earlier, are almost adults. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, uh, young families such as myself with little kids, or maybe if you're some families just getting started with um, having kids, what are some tips, some encouragement that you would give young families? Uh, when it comes to raising Christians, uh, parenting well, what are some what are some tips that you would give? One I can think of right away is it's it's a tough balance to find, but give them enough rope to be able to explore, mm-hmm. um, make their own way, make some of their own decisions, but not give them so much they get tangled up in that rope. And you know you've got to stay on top of you know. Who they're hanging with, what they're you know what they got going on. I mean, both kids will tell you there was times in their in their you know youthful years that they weren't happy <laughs> because mom and dad mm-hmm. you know drew some lines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know their rooms weren't just their rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know we had free reign wherever we wanted to go. Right. <laughs> so looking back, I think both of them probably now would tell you that was probably a good thing in their lives mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at those points they just weren't equipped. To think correctly yet to make the right decisions. Well, and our parents came from the generation you typically didn't marry outside of your faith, no. you know, and that never was an issue with us because we've been together for so long. But now, you know, that's a, mm-hmm. really a sign of those times versus today. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want Brit to worship. We don't care oh, where right. or how or you right. know. She leans a little more towards a non-denominational, you know. Right. Way of worship, mm-hmm. and that's where her comfort zone is. Yeah. So that's why we attend the second service. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as long as we're going, and I've told you before, that's not a fight that I'm ever yeah. going to have because right. as long as they're going to church and believe in mm-hmm. the you know basic foundations, that that's what's important. It doesn't matter where or how. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we did kind of talk to her about and instill with her is wherever you find for a church, that's fine. As long as it's a gospel believing church, mm-hmm. it's it's preaching the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not just preaching all the fluff and all the good, yeah. you know. It's it's got to be a, a very truthful preaching church. I said, as long as you can find that, then you're good. Any other tips or tricks looking back that you would give young families? I would probably say pray more and pray more mm-hmm. together because, you know, at their age now, it would be I don't know. They know that we're prayerful and have a strong faith, but we don't always do things. The four of us, we don't pray together. And as a young family. When you do find that church that fits for you, don't just attend. Mm. Um, your kids are, whether you're noticing or not, your kids are watching you as they grow. If you jump in, get involved, 
you know, take on positions, you know, within the church, whether it's ushering or altar care or tech team or any team that's within your church. If you get involved, help with Sunday school, Bible school, that type of stuff, your kids are going to see that. And hopefully as they grow, then they will model that when they, when they get older. Awesome. And not only love your church, but love the people in it as you're, you know, I mean, these are, we love these people here. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Right. Yep. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Love, love you as well, brother. Too.